This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a genuine pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We appreciate those of you that are watching today. Continue to watch for the next few minutes as we talk about this subject, Open Our Eyes. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course, and, and I emphasize that this course is free. We want you to have it and that you might know more about it. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Today I want to be reading out of the book of 2 Kings, chapter 6. 2 Kings, the 6th chapter. And I'm going to read verse 15 through verse 17. And when the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes, that he may see. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. The, it, looking at the background surrounding those verses, the, the Assyrians were coming against Israel, and they were coming like a tidal wave against Israel. And I want you to try to imagine this, that, that they had surrounded the city. And here they are with their horses and their chariots. And, and the servant of Elisha goes out. And, and he comes back in and he reports, we're surrounded. What are we going to do? And then Elisha says, I don't worry about anything because you see that there are more with us than there are with them. I don't know, but had I been in the place of that servant, I might have gone out and looked, taken a second look. You mean there are more with us than there are with them, but I don't see that. We are outnumbered. And that's when Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the eyes of Elisha's servant so that he could see what was in the realm of the unseen. And when he opened his eyes, 
he saw that there was at their beck and call horses and chariots of fire. You see, there was more with them than there was with the Syrians. And you see, they had God on their side. But I want you to think about the prayer that Elisha prayed. It appears to be a prayer. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. You, the many people need their eyes open today. They have their spiritual eyes closed. In 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and in the third and fourth verses, Paul there penned, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of God should shine unto them. You see, there are many people who have their minds blinded to truth, blinded to the glorious gospel. And it is the God of this world, that is Satan, who has blinded their eyes. And we can only pray, Lord, open up their spiritual eyes that they might be able to see. In Matthew 13 and verse 15, Jesus there said, For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. Jesus talked about people here who had their spiritual eyes closed. I think a good prayer for us to pray today is, Lord, please, Lord, open our eyes that we might see. Lord, open our eyes that we might see your greatness, your majesty, and your glory. You see, the eyes of many people are close to the greatness, glory, and the majesty of God. Elisha's servant needed his eyes opened. And we live in a world that needs its eyes open. And though not seen, God is ever working on behalf of God-loving people. Listen to Romans 8 and verse 28. For we know this is not speculation. This is something of which we can be certain. For we know that all things work together for good. To them that love the Lord, to them that are the called according to His purpose. That just simply says that God is working for the good on behalf of those who love Him and serve Him, those who are called according to His purpose. Out there in the realm of the unseen, God is working on our behalf. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, beginning, wrote, For which cause we faint not. For though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For while we look not at the things which are seen, 
but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. You see, that which will help us to remain faithful to the Lord is our ability to see that which is, cannot be seen with the human eye. And by faith, we can see afar. By faith, we see things that cannot be seen. Open our eyes, Lord, that we may, be, that we may see. Isaiah had his eyes opened. In Isaiah, the sixth chapter, which is thought to be the official call of Isaiah to the prophetic office, Isaiah wrote and said that it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. Isn't it the case that it's frequently when there is some tragedy that happens in one's life before they look at the Lord, before, before they lean on the Lord, they come to the Lord. It, it is thought that Isaiah had free access to the court of King Uzziah and it was in the year that King Uzziah died that Isaiah saw the Lord sitting upon his throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. God ought to fill the temple of our lives today. Can you imagine how Isaiah must have felt when in, that he saw the Lord high and lifted up and God was sitting upon his throne and God's train filled the temple. And then there were the seraphim. And each one of those seraphim had six wings. With two of those wings, they would cover their mouth. With two of those wings, they would fly. With two of those wings, they would cover their feet. And the seraphim cried out and they said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Oh, they saw, Isaiah saw God lifted up and he, and he saw the seraphim saying that the whole earth is full of the glory of God. And indeed it is. And there are those who cannot see God's glory in the things that he made. Why, the Bible says in Psalms 19 in verse 1 that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. You see, the handiwork of God or that which God made and which God created can clearly be seen around us. The whole earth is full of His glory. But there are those whose eyes have been closed and they do not see it. In Romans, the first chapter, uh, beginning in verse 18, Paul said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. For that which may be known of God has been manifest to them because He showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even His eternal power and Godhead. So they're without excuse. There's absolutely no excuse for people denying the existence of God. There is no excuse for people saying, I do not believe in God. And then he went on to say, For when they knew him as God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, 
and their foolish heart was darkened. When they knew him as God, when they understood him to be God, when they saw the creation around him and they could see the glory of God everywhere, they did not glorify him as God and they did not have God in their lives and in their hearts. And professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. There are those today who cannot see the glory of God. My prayer is that all people would open their eyes. Lord, please open their eyes that they may see your glory, your power, your greatness. You're all around us today. We can see God in the golden sunset. We can see God in the sunrise early in the morning. We can see God in the Milky Way. We can see God in the beautiful rainbow. We can hear the voice of God in the song of the bird. We can hear the voice of God in the thunder. We can hear the voice of God in the ebbing and the flowing of the tide down by the ocean. We can hear the voice of God in the murmur of the brook. God's glory is all around us today. We need to hear His voice. And we need to have our eyes open to see the handiwork of God. And His handiwork is in heaven above and it is on earth beneath. How great is our God. The God of heaven is so great. So great. Please, Lord, open our eyes that we may see how great you really are. Well, when you think about God, we, we know that God is great because, you know, that's what the Bible says. In Psalms 145 and verse 3, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And when you think about the greatness of God, how humble we ought to be. Well, when we think about who God is and the power and the might of God, we're just like clay that's in the hands of a potter. And we ought to say in the words of that grand old song that you're the potter and I am the clay. Just mold me and make me after your will while I'm waiting yielded and still. How great is our God. The Bible declares God's greatness. And the universe declares His greatness. There's really not any other way to explain the universe. And all of the universes beyond ours and the galaxy and all that's out there in space other than the Word God. If the Word God were written upon every blowing leaf, embossed on every passing cloud, and engraved on every granite stone, the evidence of God in the universe would be no greater than it is. The universe is a great big advertising poster that says, God. The heavens declare the glory of God. And it is the firmament that shows His handiwork. Yes, our God is great. The human body shows the greatness of God. Have you ever thought about your body? You know, David in the Psalms 139 and verse 14 said that he has been fearfully and wonderfully made, and indeed we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Have you ever thought about the, the way that the body has been designed? Two eyes with which to see, two ears with which to hear, one mouth, one nose. 
Someone said comically, have you ever wondered why your nose is right over your mouth? Well, why is it your nose is not on the back of your head? Why is it in the front of your head, right under your eyes and right above your mouth? And someone replied, so that you can smell your food to see if it's good or not. I, I'm not sure why God put the, the nose where he did, but it's made just right, isn't it? If we were to change it in any way, it, it would impair our ability to live and to function in this world. When you think about the human eye, the human eye is nothing more than a little camera that's inside of your head. And think about your brain. You know, today we're, we're computer crazy. Everybody's got to have a computer, maybe more than one. They've got to have every kind of a gadget that comes out that has anything to do with technology. But do you realize that you have a computer? And you were born with it, and it's called your brain. And everything that you have ever learned in this life is on the hard drive of your brain. And God made you that way. He made you with a brain with which to think and to function. And I dare say that most of us have never used the, the, the capacity to function and to succeed in life that we have the ability to do with the brain that God has given to us. Yes, the human body itself declares the greatness of God. There's no other way to, dis, to, to explain the design of the human body and the function of the human body, other than the fact that there was a great designer, and that great designer was God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Or as the psalmist said in the 95th chapter of the Psalms, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. And indeed we have a Maker, and that Maker is God. Oh God, please God, open our eyes that we may see how great you really are. Something else that shows how great God is are the prayers that we have prayed that have been answered. Answered prayer shows the greatness of God. Now the Bible teaches that when we pray, God listens. He listens to the prayers of righteous people, 1 Peter 3.12. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7 said, Ask and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth, and he that knocketh unto him shall it be opened. For what man of youth have a son that asked of him bread would give him a stone? If he asked for a fish, would he give him a serpent? I don't think there's a father would do that, not a good father. But then Jesus said, If you being evil give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good gifts unto those that ask Him? You see, Jesus says, you ask and you receive. You seek and you find. You knock and it will be open unto you. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 22, Jesus said, Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. We need to have confidence when we pray that there is a God in heaven who hears our prayers and answers our prayers. This is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 14. 
God, open our eyes. Please, God, open our eyes that we may see how great you really are. Did your God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think that you are God of greatness. And I just really believe that if we could only have our eyes open today to how great God really is, it would result in a change of attitude. It would result in a change of the way that we treat one another in this old world. Oh, what the world needs is its eyes open today. God is great and God is good. Some time ago over in France, there was a king that died. And he was thought to be a great one. When it came time for his funeral service, the, the chapel was filled with people. And strangely enough, the chapel was dark with the exception of one lone candle that was burning down near the front close to where the speaker would be. And when the speaker got up to say words over the body of the dead king, the one who had been referred to as being great, the speaker reached over and he snuffed out that light. And then he said, only God is great. Only God is great. Please God. Please God. May we open our eyes today to see how great you really are. How can you look into the face of a newborn baby and not think about God and His greatness and glory, His might, His power. How can you see the way that God cares for people when they're sick? And He helps them to get up off of their beds of affliction when prayers are prayed. How can you go away and say, I don't believe there's a God in heaven? Oh, we need our eyes open today. Perhaps more than ever before in the history of this planet. Because there are multitudes of people who have their eyes closed, their ears are stopped up, their hearts are hardened toward God. And may we join in unison, and may we all pray this prayer. Please, God, please, merciful God, open their eyes that they may see. Men need to open their eyes today to see that when they violate God's law, that constitutes sin. That, that's sin, when we violate God's law. 
And, and the Bible says there's none that doeth good, no, not one. The, the, the Bible says for all have sinned and, and come short of the glory of God. May God help us to open up our eyes to see that we're just sinners in need of God's grace and love. And may, what, may we open up our eyes to see the need for accepting the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Peter acknowledged that fact. And, and he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's found in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16. And may we open up our eyes to see the need for repenting of our sins. Repent simply means there's a change that takes place. And, and there's a change in the way we live and act and think when we repent of our sins. Rather than our continuing on in that course that's a violation of God's will, then we want to go in the different direction, the right direction. And we get out of the sinning business. And once we repent of our sins, may God help us to see with our eyes open, spiritual eyes open, the need to confess the sweet name of Jesus as the Son of the living God. And then may we have our eyes open, really open, Lord, to see how important it is to put Jesus on in baptism. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Would you have your eyes open today? As a believer in Jesus, as a penitent believer in Jesus, as a penitent confessing believer in Jesus, would you be baptized into Christ? If we can assist you, let us know. We have many, many people during the course of a year who request baptism. We'll put you in touch with someone with the Church of Christ that will assist you. I want to urge you to do that. In the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also right now, pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible course and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you as my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible@golftel.com. Or call us anytime at 1 Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ, 
If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. Please,